1: Com the
2: numbers told the story they always do. This
3: is
4: a numbers game with Gil Alexander on Visa. It's one those idiots who believe
3: in analytics.
1: Our number two of a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, VSIN.com, the Visa app, Fubo, Sling, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. It's Gil Alexander, Jeff Parlay is here as well, producer number five and eight. Uh, still to come this hour, Steve Berline, former uh, NFL quarterback, and uh, Vinny Maliulo. We'll play that, uh, we'll play a little Brent. Musburger with Billy Walters, Aaron Schatz from Football Outsider standing by. Before we get to Aaron, I just want to uh, dovetail off something we talked about yesterday with the Crack Man, which is uh, the exotic props, because people love the exotics, Jeffrey. One, again, Mickey Guyton singing the National Anthem. That line was set at 95 seconds initially, because really, her only performance on YouTube that was available, she sprinted through the anthem, like 122 or something like that. I mean, she was ridiculous. So there's no way she she was going through it that quickly here for the Super Bowl. So I said over. It's moved five seconds up to uh, 140 now. Steamed away. I think correctly so. Would you still bet it at 140? I don't know that I would. No, I wouldn't. And here's the big one. For those who missed the conversation with Crack yesterday, so I was hypothesizing. So, again, the big halftime show, Dr. Dre, Snoop, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar, who am I leaving out? Anybody? Anyway, so I openly on air, I'm like, so California love, the Dre and uh, Tupac hit, that has to be either the first or the last song. Super Bowl's in California. It's got to be first or last. And before I could even say the only other option, therefore, would be for first, Crack immediately stopped me and goes, it's not first. Do you hear that? Like, Crack knows a little something. So I'm going to say California love is last. You know what I think will be first? I said this on the Megapod yesterday. Lose yourself, Eminem. That's my guess. The one from 8 Mile, you get one shot. I think that's the first one. It's my exotic prop intel, ladies and gentlemen. And now someone who uh, does not talk about exotic props necessarily at Football Outsiders, but I'm sure he'd love to, the creator of Football Outsiders is Aaron Schatz. How you doing, Aaron? If the
5: focus is on the game being in Los Angeles, why would you start with the guy from Detroit. Oh, that's a good point. Wouldn't Eminem come later?
1: I just think you, 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 you wrap it all up with California love. I don't know. I thought initially I said first, but then crack took me off. And if, if it turns out to be first, then I'll be really upset with crack, man. Who, who's doing the Tupac parts, Noob or Eminem? Well, you know there is some, you know there's some speculation that there could be a Tupac hologram. Have you heard this oh, boy. sort of rumor? Oh, hologram! We love holograms here on the show. We got a Michael Jackson hologram down the strip, which is beautiful at Mandalay Bay. Man, could be all. I don't know. We'll see. It'll be fun. That's for sure. Uh, for the Super Bowl halftime show. But there is a game, Aaron. Uh, there is a game in between, or I should say a bookending that Super Bowl halftime show. Super Bowl 56, the Bengals and the Rams. Rams consensus favored by four. But I was mentioning earlier that a few three and a halfs have popped up now in certain shops. But four is the consensus. Where do your numbers come down on the game itself?
5: pretty much exactly where vegas does i you know i hate to say that because you want me to tell you that i've got some kind of in into what's the best bet against the spread but this spread is really accurate um i think that the problem with this game can be summarized as we are all trying to talk ourselves into the underdog because underdogs are fun (laughs) yes But there's no doubt who's the better team here and who was the better team during the regular season, and that is the Los Angeles Rams. The Bengals are good. The Rams are better.
1: You know, what usually happens, sort of, this is, a, and we, we talk about this every year, and if I've talked about it before uh, on the show this week, uh, forgive me, please, everybody, but the way that people bet the Super Bowl, Chrissy Andrews here at the South Point, my mishbucha, talks about this all the time, which is for whatever reason, the last 20 to 25 years, what's happened with betting behavior, and no one's really sure why, is during the regular season, the casual better likes to take the dog plus the points. For Super Bowls, I don't know if it's because it's the last game of the year and it's like there's, oh, there's nothing else to bet after this. They don't necessarily take the dog with the points. They end up taking the dog on the money line. They're like going for the big bang for your buck. And what it usually creates is this muting of the favorite on the money line as a result as all the money line bets come in on the dog. We haven't necessarily seen that here. Um but you just you're saying the Rams are the better football team, and I guess the follow up question I asked this of Ross Tucker earlier is okay, you know that's the thing for those who want to take the Bengals, the big mismatch on on paper and it's backed up by the numbers is that Bengals offensive line against that Rams defensive line, and most people sort of hack, uh, and I don't know, hack, I'm not trying to be mean about the word, but they're sort of override that by saying well, but Joe Burrow and the Bengals figure out everything, and to that you would say.
5: Well, against who? The Jets? (laughs) Like, uh, (laughs) I mean, okay. so what so what's happened is the Bengals have had three good games in a row. Definitely three good games, not great games, good games. Uh, They've won Mm -hmm. all three games by single digits. Their defense has played two good games in a row. Their defense was very mediocre this season. Okay, I don't understand. I feel like I'm being gaslighted by the football community talking about this stout Cincinnati defense and their relentless pressure and all the pressure. They were like 25th in ESPN's pass rush win rate during the regular season and worse in the playoffs than they were in the regular season. So what they did was they shut down the Titans and they shut down the Chiefs for a half, which is commendable. But what do you learn more from 18 games? or two. I think you learn more from the entire regular season plus the Raiders game than you do from the last two. So that's the thing. Joe Burrow is very good. But I think that the most likely scenario for this game is Rams take an early lead because the Rams are very good in the first quarter. Rams take an early lead and then Burrow spends the whole game chasing them and never quite catches up. It's not that he's not going to get his. I think he's going to get his. I like the Joe Burrow over-passing yards prop, for example, but I think that the Rams are the better team. In particular, the Rams' defense is better than the Bengals' defense.
1: It, the, the Bengals have also had this royal flush. It's funny how our brains purge things based on the fact that the results, they they won the football games. But there was the whistle before the touchdown against the Raiders, right? That shouldn't have been. Who knows what it would have resulted. There was any number of you know, bad plays for the sacks of Burrow that were whistled dead after the fact kind of thing. Mm-hmm. There was, remember, the, the one that gets me also is Zach Taylor frantically calling for timeout right before Tannehill throws the game-deciding pick that, was, that they never saw, the officials, right? So just, you do, to win a Super Bowl, and I think Tampa Bay experienced some of this last year too, you do have to have a kind of royal flush of things just going your way, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen in the next one. That's what I guess what we're saying, too.
5: Right. If, I mean, do the Bengals have a chance to win? Like, of course, they have a chance to win. In fact, based on the money line and based on our simulations, they have about a one third chance to win. That happens one out of every three times. Right. That's not like a rare thing, but the Rams are just better. The Rams are better in pretty much every way, offense, defense, running, passing. Special teams, you can argue that it's even because the Bengals have the better kicker and the Rams have the better punt returner. And otherwise, it's kind of even. But I mean, are we going to get into diddling about special teams here? Come on. (laughs) I don't think we
1: want to diddle about anything, quite frankly. Um, So then you mentioned you like the prop bet. you do like Joe Burrow over passing yards. Was there any other prop bets that uh, stood out to you?
5: Tyler Boyd over passing yards. The uh, the place where the Rams defense is most susceptible and vulnerable is the short middle of the field. And that is where Tyler Boyd does his work. So Tyler Boyd over 40.5 receiving yards is my favorite bet on this Super Bowl. Wow. Single favorite one. Interesting. Yeah. Any other
1: ones that you like, perhaps a little less than that?
5: Uh, Joe Mixon's over on receiving yards. I kind of like, um, you know, all the Rams props are pretty on with what our projections are. So none of them really stand out to me is I guess I might go under on Cam Akers rushing. But that's that's really a subjective sort of a feeling that they might use Sony Michelle more. There's not it's not really an objective stat based feeling.
1: OK, but Tyler Boyd over receiving yards is your single favorite. And you do like Joe Burrow over passing yards to some degree as well.
5: Yeah, the Rams look, the Rams have a very good pass defense, but because of game script, because the Rams are often ahead and because they play indoors, sort of like, I don't know if you call SoFi a dome because the sides are open. It's like a carport. Yeah, the Rams add the Rams add to opposing passing yardage and Joe Burrow has been playing outside all season. So his passing yardage should be a little bit higher than what it's been the rest of the season. So I think that he'll be passing, trying to come back from a deficit. And so I like Joe Burrow's over on passing yards.
1: Aaron, uh, it's been great talking to you uh, at the uh, times this year when we've, been, when we've had a chance to catch up. It was great watching football with you that one week during the regular season over there at the Cosmo. Uh, where can people find you this weekend between now and the big game itself? I could say Super Bowl 56. Between now and then, where might people be able to find you?
5: At my house. (laughs) That's it. No more stuff? No more media for you? Uh, Well, I'm doing a couple more radio things later today, but uh, But you'll find me on Twitter. F-O underscore A-S-C-H-A-T-Z. And my big, gigantic, stat-packed Super Bowl preview is the top article right now on footballoutsiders.com. So everybody should go read that. It's got all the trends, all the stat breakdowns on this game. I've been doing these big stat-based previews for 19 years now, so this is the one for this game. You definitely want to read that. And you will enjoy this fact coming this offseason at Football Outsiders. 1981 and 1982, the first Washington Super Bowl. Oh, I like it.
1: Uh, What Aaron's referring to is that Football Outsiders has gone back through the years to evaluate every team on a granular level, play-by-play. You're you're able to get every
5: play from those years? 81 is the first year where we do not have every play. We are missing the fourth quarter of a 31-0 Buffalo Jets game. (laughs)
1: Jeff, get your father's VCR out. See if he has that on, uh, on a tape somewhere. Man, that's awesome. All right, 82 strike short and skins. That's a ball club right there. Thank you, Aaron. Enjoy the game, man. You enjoy the Super Bowl, too, and I'll talk to you later in the offseason. I look forward to it. Aaron Shots, everybody, at FO underscore A shots. Check out his big stats extravaganza there on the uh, front of the website right now. Coming back, Steve Berline, former Super Bowl champion with the Cowboys, uh, in a back and roll, but still a Super Bowl champion. We'll talk to him next. Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
0: Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo.
1: Do you have questions about betting the Super Bowl? Perhaps you're wondering about how to hedge, or maybe you're looking for unusual props or insights from one of our hosts? Well, the VCN Big Game Help Desk is here for you. Submit your questions at vCN.com slash Super Bowl, and it could be answered by our experts on air or on vCN.com. That's at vCN.com slash Super Bowl. Once again, I picture one of our uh, one of our hosts behind the desks with, you know, five or six phones. JVT was saying with an old-timey voice, just fielding questions. You want to hedge, you say, and just go from rotary phone to rotary phone. Visa.com slash Super Bowl for all that. It's Gil Alexander. Uh, our next guest covers both the NFL and college football for CBS. He's a uh, former Super Bowl champion when he was with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, number one pick in the expansion draft back in uh, 1995. And uh, I have a bone to pick with him because, for me, the greatest team of all time—the '91 Washington football team—they were 11 and 0. I'm at RFK Stadium, and in comes Steve Burline to throw a touchdown pass and break up the perfect season. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Steve Burline. How you doing, sir?
3: Doing great. Yeah, you're, you're flashing back to some some great memories there, man. It was a, a quite a day and a real real big. Um, opportunity in my career to kind of reestablish myself as a, as a starting quarterback so yeah, that was a great day
1: at RFK. Well, it was for you, Steve. For some of us, it was heartbreaking. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we wanted the undefeated, <laughs> but Michael Irvin kept posting up on Daryl Green. It was nothing nothing Washington could do about it. Good for you. Um, and, of course, Super Bowl champion, pro bowler as well back in the day, led the NFL in uh, completion percentage and passing yards back in the uh, late 90s, 98 and 99, respectively. Super Bowl 56, Steve. Uh, let's cut right to it. The Rams favored by four. How do you see it? Have you bet this game?
3: Well, you you now listen. I, I I did not know that I was going to be put on the spot as far as betting. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not my that's not my forte. Um, you know, I, as a as a former player and a broadcaster, you know, I I don't I generally don't uh, get get caught up in 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 the lines and all that kind of stuff. I go with um, in who I feel good about as far as getting the win. Uh, but I'll put, my, I'll put my betting cap on and see if I can help you out. I, I like the Rams uh, straight up. Um, and, uh, you know, I just think that, that this, this thing just plays out in their favor. And I do think that four points is probably uh, the right number, um, it, 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 whatever side you want to bet. I think it's set at the right, the right point. I think it's going to be a great football game. I think it's going to be a one-score one game for sure. Um, and you know, if if it were if it were three, I would say that I would probably lean toward taking the Rams. But if you're talking about with the points, uh, four points, I I, I I'm kind of leaning toward going with the, the Bengals on that one. But I, I really do think that the Rams are going to win the game. Um, uh, you know, one of the way I see it kind of playing out would be maybe the Bengals get a late score. Uh, to, to pull it within that four-point line. But I think the Rams are just all the way around a, a little bit better football team. I hate, I hate questioning Joe Burrow because the kid is something special, and uh, he always seems to show up at the big moments. Uh, he relishes those opportunities and, in prime time, and this is obviously as big as it gets. So I, I expect him to, you know, to carry himself and show himself very well, but I think the Rams are just a better all-around football team.
1: Steve, for some for someone who professes for that betting is not their thing, that was a very very well thought out answer on that. So we really appreciate that. Let me, you're you're a, you're a former quarterback, obviously. So I'd be remiss not to ask you about the quarterbacks. And you already touched on Joe Burrow. So I'm going to recycle a question I asked earlier, but it's more appropriate to ask of a former quarterback, which is, if I came to you after the game and I said, well, boy, that stage proved too big for one of these guys, maybe you just hinted at what your answer is. Who, who would you think that would be more likely to be?
3: Oh, that's a really good question. Um, you know, the inexperience of Joe Burrow, I, I do think that there's a possibility that does show up uh, in this game. Uh, just kind of kind of being overwhelmed by a Rams defense that is going to be very fired up, led by two of the best players in the NFL, in, in, uh, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. And... That Rams defense is going to be a very, very tough matchup for the offensive line for the Bengals, I think. And we know that Joe Burrow was uh, sacked more than any other quarterback in the league this year, going against one of the best pass rushes in the NFL. So uh, I don't like that matchup for the Bengals. But again, <clears throat> excuse me, Joe Burrow seems to find a way to step up and and, and never seems to lose his poise and panic. Uh, You know, we've seen Matthew Stafford do it several times uh, over the course of his career, and and specifically this year. You know, he's had several games where uh, he just kind of had a meltdown. Uh, I like the way he's playing right now. I don't see it happening, but if you're you're talking about which one of those uh, scenarios would play itself out better, I think uh, the the Matthew Stafford one I don't think would surprise a lot of people because... uh, uh, the fact that he has shown the ability to kind of, uh, you know, create, not create those bad play scenarios uh, in bunches at times during the course of the season with several pick sixes this year and several multi-pick uh, uh, football games over the season. So I would go with Matt Stafford on that, even though I expect him to play very well.
1: Yeah, I think I think I agree with you. As nut, as crazy as that is, with the fact that you have a second year quarterback, didn't even get a full first year in under his belt last year. The great Joe Burrow right. on the other side. Amazing. Steve, thank you so much. Enjoy the game on Sunday, sir. Great talking to you. All
3: right, take care. Thank you. Bye
1: bye. Steve Burline, everybody. You can follow him on Twitter at Steve Burline, of course. Jeff, uh, we've we've gone a full hour and twenty minutes into this show. And because we're football wall to wall, we haven't had a chance to even react to what went down in the NBA yesterday before the trade deadline. We talked about it extensively yesterday. So uh, again, for those who missed it, the the James Harden Ben Simmons trade ended up happening. Of course, um, I had mentioned on Primetime Action a couple, you know, a few nights ago. I brought it up, and Kelly and Matt looked at me like I was crazy that it was going to happen, and, and Matt said less than 0% chance. The next night he upped it to 3%. What did you say yesterday? 20% chance that it would happen.
6: Yeah, I was higher
1: than everyone and was still too low. And it happened. And two first-round picks among among the, uh, the elements here, Seth Curry uh, and uh, Andre Drummond go with Ben Simmons from the Sixers to the Nets, but so do two first-round picks uh, as Harden goes back uh, the other way along with uh, Millsap. So, in the end, you know, everybody does the whole thing. By the way, big day for Brian Windhorst, who had this the whole way. Huge day for windhorse But when we, when we do the whole who won the trade thing, isn't this great for both teams? Isn't that your conclusion? Yeah.
6: At least for, we've discussed it, Gil. Philadelphia has to take full advantage of healthy Joel Embiid. Yes. And... Ben Simmons is not clearly not going to play a second for them ever again. And to get James Harden for Ben Simmons, who is refusing to play for you, a year after when you would have probably had to give up Ben Simmons anyway to get James Harden from Houston. And it's, you're, look, let's face it the Nets got less assets for James Harden than Houston would have gotten from Philadelphia last year. So, I hey, look, I think it's a win for, for Philly, at least short-term. I'm not sure long-term because, you know, at some point, Harden will probably get disinterested in playing in Philadelphia. Sure. And uh, <laughs> whenever that moment comes, it won't be good. Long-term for Brooklyn, if they do this correctly with Simmons, this could be great for them because they're terrible defensively. Simmons is a great defender. We know that. And the one thing that you're looking for with Simmons is can he be utilized in the right role? And, look, we're, we're – I know everyone will say, oh, will he ever learn to shoot? Let's face it, he's never going to learn how to shoot the basketball.
1: But it doesn't matter as much with that It does not matter
6: in Brooklyn yeah, because of the other two guys around him and Kyrie and KD. Look, you play Simmons in the Anthony Mason role if we're going back to the mid-'90s. That would be the way that I would do it with the Nets. I'm just concerned with what we've seen from Steve Nash, who, look, I know they're injured, but Steve Nash has shown no ability to adjust during this losing streak. So ten in
1: a row now. Yeah.
6: I- I'm worried about how that's gonna look, at least with Nash coaching. But look, uh, what, there were some moves on this and Westgate here in town moved the Nets to ten to one to win the title. Philly to seven to one. Philly to seven to one. If K D is healthy and they get out of the play in game I don't care who the opponent is in the first round. That's one I would.
1: That's a ticket I would want. Can you believe or say if they get out of the playing game? Again, we had a hypothetical prop earlier this week where we're saying before the season started, if we had said, what will the Brooklyn Nets' longest losing streak be? And remember, think about where you were on the Nets before the season, the the possibilities of the big three and everything. Three and four losses in a row would have been the short shot. But once you got to five, once you got to six, then to seven, like the numbers would start to get astronomical. Where would 10 have been? Like what would your bang for your buck have been on a Brooklyn Nets 10-game losing streak? Would have been just unbelievable. 10-1, to 20-1, 50-1. Like it would have been incredible what you could have gotten on this. I agree with virtually every word of what you just said about this for both teams. I absolutely agree with the part we've said this earlier this week. The the Sixers could not waste this Joel Joel Embiid window. You can't waste an MVP season. So good on them for going all in, and good on Brooklyn. What are you doing with the disgruntled James Harden? Get scuttle him. Well done. And I do think Ben Simmons, who now I, overnight is eager to play basketball, how about that? Turns out he wasn't uh, mentally unprepared to play basketball. He's just mentally unprepared to play in Philadelphia. Coming back, Vinnie Maolio and Brent and Billy Walters next.
5: The Numbers Game with Gil Alexander on Vsin, the sports betting network.
1: This Super Bowl Sunday, Billy Walters, the Michael Jordan of sports betting, sits down with Vsin for only his second interview ever. His first was with 60 Minutes, most will remember that, and now he joins legendary broadcaster Brent Musburger for an in-depth conversation discussing the current state of sports betting, advice to gamblers based on his life as a sports bettor, as well as his upcoming memoirs. This exclusive interview is only available on Vsin, the sports betting network and tonight we'll show an extended clip from the interview on primetime action with myself and matt brown kelly bidlin as well then watch the complete interview this sunday at noon eastern only at vsin.com. Vinny maliulo is here to join us as well uh vinnie just absolutely the unicorn interview of all sports betting that anybody would want Brent and Billy noon eastern sunday how about that
4: gil uh i have to tell you um uh, if if you had the opportunity, first of all take advantage of of it folks and and watch it there's something to to learn uh for um, from from both sides of the counter and mm-hmm. just to see and listen to Brent and Billy talk and then um uh, of course, Jimmy Vaccaro uh, was was there as well, and then uh, several uh, several other familiar faces.
1: Would you uh, would you be offended if I took some of your precious time here to actually run a clip of some Billy I, Walters with? Not, with not
4: at all, because I think the more that folks can see it, I think the more they can well, uh, garner from. Here,
1: it. Here's why. I just want to set this up this way. <clears throat> Jeff, were you the Megapod guest the day that I went on a? Uh, how can I put this? Invective laced tirade about people who slam analytics and don't even know what analytics are. Was that you that day? That's a very apt description
6: of what you did that day. And yes, I was yeah.
1: there next. Year. Invective. Invective. That's Meaning a, I cursed up a storm. That's a 25 to 1 word. Yeah. And I, and I told, that's awesome. I believe I told Jason I was like, leave a few of them in there. <laughs> I believe. This is Brent Musburger with Billy Walters. And you might recognize the guy at the top here, Vinny. Uh, on the subject of analytics.
4: I always thought Bob Martin, the legendary bookmaker, he was the Babe Ruth of our industry. I would say Billy is more like the Michael Jordan of our industry. He's won the most.
3: Uh, You know, he has the most, let's put it this way, everyone in the world tried to find out his
4: games. So that in itself tells you how good he is. Did he win every bet every weekend? No, not at all but oftentimes his sides were the sides that I wanted to
7: be on. One thing I know about Monday morning quarterbacking is because if I would played Monday morning quarterback, uh, I would be in a, in a loony bin now because it's very easy to see the answer to something after after the fact, okay? And uh, and, and I'm probably uh, less critical of, of people after the fact than anyone you'll meet because I my past experience but uh, some of the decisions being made today that people are trying to you know use so-called analytics are just they're unbelievable to me when you look at the risk and you look at the reward I mean I mean to me it's as simple as one two three what do you have to gain what do you have to lose I've got a lot of knots on my head uh, because I've been broke a lot of times like like Jimmy's talked about over the years Uh, there's a lot of Many more failures than were successes before I became successful. But betting sports is uh, people want to talk about analytics. They want to talk about you know computer programs and models and things such as that. That's part of it. A lot of the people that think they understand analytics today, they can't spell analytics. I see a lot of I see a lot of very poor coaching decisions. And where coaches Coaches are blaming when they ask why they made some real dumb decision that a gambler would never make in a million years, they say, well, we did it because of analytics. That's the end of the conversation because the per- per- person asking the question doesn't understand analytics, so they don't know what the follow-up question is to ask them. But I've seen some of the dumbest coaching decisions I've ever made since people started employing analytics that don't understand analytics. And again, when they're asked that question by someone in the media as to why they did it, uh... they answer analytics and person in the question uh, the, the, the media person who's asking the question normally would have a follow-up question right exactly. but they, they don't know the follow-up question to ask because they don't understand it either analytics has been around for a long long time and uh... it's like common sense so to speak it's not so common to, i mean it's it's uh, frankly uh... Regardless of the sport, uh, having somebody that understands risk-reward uh, from a gambler standpoint, uh, uh, you, you may be a much better served if they made a lot of those type of decisions. And I'm trying to be kind. <laughs> I
1: cannot tell you how much that warms my heart. That is just a, an excerpt of Brent Musburger's one-on-one exclusive interview with Billy Walters, which will air Sunday, 12 noon Eastern, exclusively right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. And I don't care what any other network is doing at that time. You need to listen to that.
4: You, Gil, uh, there's no question about it. Whether you're a better, listen to it. Watch it. Uh, if you're a, a casual fan, a sports fan, if you're just a general if you're, on our side of the counter, and again, as we talk about quite a bit here at VEASAN, uh with so much proliferation and operators around, you—if if, you—you have to absolutely watch it because you will garner some good, valuable perspectives. Uh, Brent frames uh, the, the interview beautifully, and uh, you know. And again, I think what just that scene right there, and. In that particular clip, Jimmy wasn't speaking, but Jimmy's there. Jimmy's there, yeah. But but I'll tell you what's important about that. There's this still this belief out there that this is an adversarial industry it, uh, when it comes to professional betters and operators. It in in some cases, I guess I guess it is. Not in our case. I I don't I don't advocate that. Uh, Jimmy Chrissy, you uh, you saw Nick Bogdanovich in there. Um, it does not have to be, and it shouldn't be adversarial. It should be frankly, respectful. And I think a lot of people are going to be surprised by that like here's one of the most successful professional, certainly the most of our gener- of this generation right now. Uh, uh, sports batters sports you so, say well why why would you? Why would you sit down? Because I want to know and I want to learn from yeah. his perspective. Well,
1: it, by the way, and that was Chris Andrews, Nick Bogdanovich, yep. and uh, and a third gentleman there at the top uh, speaking. Who is that guy? He looks familiar. Yeah. But, no, you, what you're referring to is Chrissy calls it honor, right, that oh. there's no more honor. There is not as much honor in the, in the relationship he, anymore. Alan Boston would come on the show and often talk about how he, with Scotty Shetler back in the day at the Stardust, you know, if he noticed a mistake – he would take. He would tell Scotty, and he would, and, and Scotty would say, "Hey, you know, you go ahead and make the one bet you want to make. Absolutely, and then we'll adjust." But thank you. And the notion, and, and I can almost sense when people are listening to this, they're like, "Oh, how corny stuff." But it's just like with everything today, right? Like everything, you know how Twitter is. I don't know if you've spent any time on the old Twitterverse, but everything is adversarial. But you know,
4: Vincent? Yeah, yeah because, Vinny?
1: Because hmm, yes, your your Twitter game has, <laughs> has been awesome, by the way. The <laughs> that's with everything now, right? Like everybody feels the need to tell you how great they are and how wrong everybody else is. And, and it's just, and, and so the antagonist, I'll just use one more example. Remember that whole Draymond green thing. And I came on the air and I talked for, for nine minutes, I talked about how, Hey, look, yeah, the book should pay the people who made the Draymond green bet when he, when he came into the game for one second and he came out and books, uh, should you know, if if it was just a negative EV better who made one small bet, they shouldn't ban that better. For nine minutes, I talked about how the book, mm-hmm. sh- what the book should do. But then at the end, I had the audacity, Vinny, to say, but you know, if you went max, if you went all out, if you went crazy on it. You can't be surprised if the book then reacted to how you were behaving too. And oh, the crap I got for those three seconds, right?
4: You know, Gil, there's, again, there's, there there are certain circumstances, you know, in in that particular instance, so you sit there and say, hey, you know, no need to get crazy. No need to get greedy, right? And you just, and you have an understanding. I think to to, to Chrissy's point about honor there, first of all, this is an honorable profession and it, it always has been for, for a long time And. uh, the 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 fact of the matter is it does not have to be adversarial, and the reality is we don't know everything. How do you get to know more uh you get to know more by those types of situations these types of relationships this uh, uh this conversation uh with billy uh, walters uh and again after yesterday's uh the taping uh we we all, we all had lunch uh, all of us and, and and just you know sharing memories and sharing stories sharing perspectives uh, about today mm-hmm. uh, and it I, again, I encourage folks to watch it. And uh,
1: that clip right there warmed my heart. That was like this, the old Annie Hall scene where Woody Allen is is reacting to an argument, and he can't stand in the movie line. In the line, and then fi- and finally, he like he just wants to tell this person off. He's overhearing, and finally, he pulls Marshall McLuhan from behind the curtain, who's like a media expert, and he has Marshall McLuhan tell this person how wrong he is. And that's listening to that. Yeah. That's what I thought about. I'm like, oh, if I could only have yeah. pulled Billy Walters out from behind the curtain to all these people who criticize analytics like you don't even know what analytics are i love that clip you can pull the clip out now anytime yeah man that's exactly right we're just gonna have that on a loop here on this show it's the exclusive interview brent and billy one-on-one sunday noon exclusively at visa the sports betting network
0: Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data.
6: Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing
0: Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today.
2: Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game.
5: Gil Alexander on v the Sports Betting Network.
1: Go for a huge score during the big game with BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and place a $10 Moneyline wager on pro football's final game. If either team scores a touchdown, you'll win $200 in free bets regardless of your wager's outcome. Just use bonus code SB200. When you make your first bet, you'll also earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for room nights and dining at MGM Resorts nationwide. Only at BetMGM. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager new customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Skill Alexander, slow jamming with Vinny. That's what we're doing. Open the request line. Yeah, man. Play a little Gap Band tonight, maybe? A little Isley Brothers? Oh, yeah. Maybe some mint condition? <laughs> you want to go 90s? <laughs> Vinny Maliolo is here. Vinny, you don't know anything about any of that, do you? You know the Isleys.
4: Oh, the Isley Brothers? Yeah, you know the Isleys. Oh,
1: Isles. come on. Of course, Skill. Mint condition, maybe not. Uh, so, tonight, two big events here at the South Point. Well, one big event. First of all, Stormy Bonatoni, 6 p.m., because you're part of this, Vinny. Yes. Uh, Stormy Bonatoni, you, Chrissy, and Jimmy mm-hmm. are all going to be over here at the South Point, and it's the, uh, the bar at the South... No,
4: the excuse s- me, Gil. It's oh the showroom.
1: The showroom. We made the showroom.
4: Oh. Oh. <clears throat> I, I'm
1: glad you're yeah. here, to clarify. Okay. Yes. So, the showroom here at the South Point uh, it's you and and Vinny and, excuse me, you, Jimmy, and Chrissy with mm-hmm. Stormy running point guard on it all. Yep. Stormy's the host. It's called Big Game Betting and Beers at the South Point. Free Budweiser's, or was it the event is free, I should say. Specials on Budweiser. Let me not say free on the Budweiser. Specials on Budweiser. You can purchase signed copies of Chrissy's books, then one day, then one year. Mm-hmm. And you, Jimmy, and Chrissy, basically with Stormy talking about all your old bookmaking experiences well, throughout the years. Well, uh
4: we're gonna have a lot of a lot of fun. It's always enjoyable to have this um, uh, this event because uh, the, the audience gets to ask questions uh, uh, as well. We we'll talk about, we'll tell some stories. We'll talk about, you know, uh, what, what, for instance, one of the things, uh, you know, what do I do if I haven't done it? I bet the Super Bowl. You know, what, do, what do you think? And of course, uh, we'll talk about the prop bets and everything like that. But uh, some some history, the history of prop bets and and all kinds of things. So. Uh, it's always a lot of fun. There will be giveaways as well as going to be uh, prizes given away uh, for uh, uh, items, uh, you know, for room nights and uh, oh, dinners nice. and things like that here at, uh, at South Point. So it's free to the, to the public if anyone is uh, locally as well as uh, folks coming to town. Uh, we, uh, we look forward to uh, to seeing everybody. We'll That's have a good awesome. Time.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> so for those so, in town, please stop by for that. Sure. Free for everyone over, Six o'clock. over 21 years of age. Mm-hmm. From 4 to 7, a stone's throw from the showroom. We'll yes. be doing primetime action tonight, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin, and I. And uh, what a show tonight to kick off our 56 hours of free wall-to-wall Super Bowl coverage here on the network. Uh, a, a slew of guests tonight, including the great Roxy Roxborough in studio. Roxy will be here. You will join us for that will, as well.
4: I will part come of that. in, uh, yes, before our event. and uh,
1: Chrissy Anders, of mm-hmm, course, yep, part of Chrissy. it. Yep. Uh, Rufus Peabody will be in here. We'll also have on the phone Captain Jack, Bill Krakenberger. Um, Good lineup. Oh, just it's ridiculous tonight. So it's just going to. That's how we're kicking it off, man. Fifty-six hours. Happy to be part away.
4: of it, Gil. And uh, yeah, I think again, just like uh, uh, listening to, uh,
1: to to Billy's piece with oh, Brent,
4: and I should I, say. You,
1: you, Go ahead. Yeah, we have a longer clip from the Brent Billy interview. Thank you for pointing that out.
4: Well, I think you're going to learn, folks, uh, you know, uh, certainly. And, again, a big uh, proponent of uh, folks learning on on both sides
1: of the counter, perspectives. So, Can I make a confession? I said this on primetime action the other night. Do you know it took me like a week to figure out why we were doing 56 hours specifically of Super Bowl coverage? (laughs) It's like, you're a numbers guy. We're doing doing?" 56 and then like a week into it. I'm like, "Oh. Hey,
4: Gil, guess how many we're doing <laughs> next year?"
1: <laughs> Why? Next year we're doing 57. There seems to be a pattern here. I yeah. got to figure this out. All right, Vinny, so with yeah. the game now a little more than 48 hours away.
4: Yeah, okay. I want to just uh, point out the, the graphic, we need to Please. adjust that. Uh, we do have an update oh. uh, on the money line. So, um
1: this is what I was talking about earlier. Yeah.
4: Yep. Uh the the Rams are now at 85 So, let's let's kind of retrace uh, the, okay. the 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 betting gill when we uh, the number was posted here at South Point, of he put it up right after the uh the Rams game, uh on the second uh the second of uh, two games on uh title Sunday. Opened the game four and the total fifty and the money line uh a dollar eighty. And initially uh favorite money uh, came in. So Rams got to four and a half uh, by the next day, actually, by uh, last Monday. And then uh the money line got as high as two dollars now the total has come down from fifty to forty eight and a half and it's remained at forty eight and a half for
2: a long time for well over a week yeah. here.
4: now so we always know that there's dog money on uh the money line especially so the money line is now dollar eighty five uh the point spread has come down as well from four and a half to four it's back to the opener of four still forty eight and a half on the total but uh, I suspect that we'll see over money uh, as we get, to, you know, today's Friday, and of course we're still today being Friday. I'm going to say 80 to 85 percent of the action still to come in, and I think that the public likes points, and I think they'll, um, I think they'll bet this over.
1: Getting back to that money line for yes. a second here. Mm-hmm. So, and I mentioned it earlier; it'll be the final time I'll mention it, which is again the the, the behavior of bettors who bet underdogs during the regular season is to take the points. With the Super Bowl, they tend to take the money line. Yep. It tends to mute the money line on the favorite. Mm-hmm. Do you expect? Do your best guess. You don't know, but do you do you expect that this will this money line on the Rams will come down even further?
4: I do, I do, Gil. I think we'll certainly <clears throat> see a uh, dollar eighty, uh, which was the opener. Uh, will it go lower than that? I suspect it will as well. And that's where, uh, if you're looking to bet the Rams on the money line. You've got to wait to, until probably Sunday. No question about it. Uh, but I do believe that it'll come down. I think that uh, that uh, trend will continue for the Super Bowl.
1: Um, what is the most popularly bet thus far prop bet?
4: Well, we've got several. Uh, you know, first of all, and this is still a phenomenon. It's still, and Chrissy tells a great story about the coin toss. You know, this, this the coin toss is just hysterical. I mean, <laughs> I don't, not to, not to,
1: what's to your, juice, what's your juice on the coin? Toss? 102. There you go. Side, That's a, now so that go. is a civil. I mean,
4: yeah. I juice. Mean, yeah. It's just so everybody, because there's instant gratification too. Now some props we've got to wait till the game ends, but that one, boom, pay everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and of course I told the great story of uh, uh, when, when I miss, when I paid both sides of the uh, the coin talk, well, you know, who'll win the coin toss? And I you know I didn't wasn't listening. I want to say it was your beloved Washington uh commanders. Oh, uh in one, <laughs> their <laughs> oh, Super God. Bowls. And I think they deferred.
1: I'm like, who's that? Oh that team.
4: And I didn't realize it. So I see the team kicking off, so I say, Well pay the you know, pay the I pay the wrong side. And I came up with a ticket, and he says, "Hey, uh, you got." Uh, so we ran the tape back. Like I'm thinking, who defers in the Super Bowl? Of course, not everybody That's defers. So, do- I, so I said, "Pay everybody." If somebody has a a coin toss prop, just pay everybody. I drove the accounting department crazy. This would be,
1: this would be great. Great. Mo- we should do a great moments in bookmaking history montage. Now the year was 1991. <laughs> Vinnie Maliulo botching the coin toss. I just, but
4: there was no. I didn't have the sound. I'm just looking. I see, you know, who's re- oh, they're side. Re- they won the coin toss, so, so what, the so county loved the, the county department. I said, I don't worry about it. Everybody bet it all back.
1: So who's uh who? What is the most popular so, props um, here at the South? Park? So
4: let's look at uh, uh, longest score of the game will be uh, a touchdown or a field goal, longest scoring play. Opened up Pickham, uh, got as high as a quarter, and now come back down to 15 cents on a touchdown.
1: Oh, interesting! Yeah,
4: touchdown. Uh, uh, total quarterback sacks in the game over four and a half. Uh, from seven to five to uh, uh, eight to five. Now, Gill, dollar dollar one80 to five, dollar uh, eighty. Longest field. Uh, well, okay. What will be more? The longest made field goal or total points in the game? And total points in the game opened minus two sixty, down to one forty-five. I can see that. Okay. Yep. Yep. Which half will have more points scored? The first half or the second half, which includes overtime, obviously, the second half. Opened uh, minus a quarter the second half. Bob. Dr. Bob loved that one. $1.65. He likes and that. And climbing. Yeah, he likes yeah. second half. So first turnover of the game, what will be an interception or a fumble, open pick them, uh, interceptions, $1. eighty. So uh, those are some of the more popular ones. But uh, All right. lots of uh, lots of fun with props and uh
1: what percentage it, of the, of the total handles come you know, on Sunday? Gil,
4: I think we're going to go through 50 percent. In some places, talking to my colleagues, uh, they do 60 or 65 percent. Will we get to 60? Somewhere between
1: fifty-five, uh, so and the, the majority has not come in yet. That's no, the bottom line. Not yet. But Vinny, we'll we'll talk to you tonight on the for prime action. And if you're in town, check them out. Stormy and the guys on betting and beers tonight at the South Point. Jeff, nice job, Jeff Parlay. Everybody who didn't get to speak much today, but uh, Parlay, we appreciate it. Bet Center tomorrow night, Jeff. Yes, yes. Bet Center with Jeff Parlay yes, as well Saturday night. The Lombardi line is next. Enjoy from Visa, the sports betting network.